Be a part of the Fredericton Freeze women's basketball team's $100 from 100 fundraising campaign. The Maritime Women's Basketball League team is seeking $100 from 100 businesses for their 2024 operating expenses. Email fredertonfreezemwba at outlook.com or fredertonfreeze.ca for details. Hello and welcome to Late Scratches Episode 7. I'm Bill Gibson joined once again by co-host Brad Janes. Brad, we finally followed through on our promise to talk something other than basketball. We have a hockey guest today. We do have a hockey guest, and a uh, long time coming. He's a hard man to track down. I, I could get an audience with the Pope a little easier, but uh, pleased to be joined by President, Governor. I think if you had a business card, it probably wouldn't fit all the titles you have, but uh, Roger Shannon of the Frederick the Red Wings joining us here live and direct at the Grand Harvey Centre. We've got the studio on the road. Welcome, Roger. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Bill. Um, that's a good uh, thing you're doing with the Frederick and Freeze. Have I don't have I given you a hundred dollars yet? No, you have not. This okay. is perfect. Uh, well, there you go. There you go. Red you Wings will be looking at it. Bucks. All you right. See Bev, to, Bev in the office. All right. All Thank right. You. Got to have uh, more guests, Gibby, and uh, well, wait. Th- we had commercials effective. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, but exactly. we hope we get enough to play that all the time. Well, it worked. I heard it. But then again, I did spend three years in radio. If you there remember. you go. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, so, Brad, last week we had Tommy's basketball on in advance of the Ken Gould uh, Invitational Tournament. Um, really had good uh, listenership after that. Uh, well over 800 uh, listens in, in total now uh, since we started this. Six episodes in and just spreading by word of mouth. So, thanks to the Tommies and, uh, you know, thanks to the, the guests we had last week for them. I think word's getting out. Uh, there's we've, we've talked about it probably ad nauseum. Uh, people love local sports. and. Uh, it certainly showed it. Uh, some good crowds at the Gould last weekend at St. Thomas at the Pit. Uh, some great basketball. And Gibby, I have to say one thing. Like you broadcasted 12 basketball games over three days. I leave here after doing a Red Wings game after two and a half hours. It's exhausting. So uh, 12 games, credit to you, man. I'm telling you, I, I'm not sure how you do it, but uh, you do it. It's a passion. I know that. Uh, it, it is a passion. And when those types of tournaments come up, they tend to have games in bunches. So... Uh, did 12 at the Milner, Milner a few weeks ago in Rosse, uh, 12 there, um, you know, a, a slight little break this week, only only one game on my schedule this week, uh, picking up a game from you and then right back into it with the more basketball uh, starting next weekend and as you say the Gould Tournament, uh, it was phenomenal basketball, the NCAA is going to be another great league this year um, and Stu teams are, are right in the thickest things again. I'm not sure if there was a surprise the men went 3-0, and I know they battled against Mount A, but the women going 2-1 I think was a surprise. Uh, and that's just maybe based on last year and perhaps even the year before, but uh, good on both Tommy's teams. They put on a show at home. Yeah, maybe not surprise on the record, surprise on the amount of points they put on the board based on the previous weekend. Struggling to put 40 up, they you know they were approaching 70 all three games, so that's pretty impressive to, to have that turnaround in a week from Quebec uh, to back here at home. And the conversation we had uh, come February, there's going to be a lot of crowd, uh, crowded uh, points at the standings, I can guarantee you that. Yeah, absolutely for sure. Um, and you, I think, only had one game last week here. Did, the Red Wings played, and I think, uh, I'm not sure if that was just a grimace, but I was grimacing in the broadcast booth. The uh, Wings lost 6-4 at home to Grand Falls. Uh, came out a little bit flat, Roger, and... Uh, even though the Wings have played less than anybody in the Maritime Hockey League based on a hurricane and a rescheduled game, is it uh, time for this team to step up? Yeah, I think um, 
I think you're right when you use the word grimace there. Um, I think everybody in the rink sort of felt that and uh, spent the day with the team today. Uh, had a lot of meetings. We had meetings with coaches. Coaches had meetings with players. I had meetings with just the team. Uh, we had a good day. Um, there was just something about that game that was kind of like a separator for me, uh, having watched the game and you know, being in the rink here and sort of listening to the fans and stuff. Um, you know, my expectations of the team are, are better than that. And that game was kind of like there was a, that was the seventh game of a seven game set. You know, we kind of try to break this. We try, in hockey, it's, it's quite common to break your, you know, to break it down into seven game segments. And uh, to me, that was our, you know, uh, we lost four games to three by losing that game on Sunday. Uh, take nothing away from uh, Grand Falls. Um, they're just real well coached. Uh, Greg and Cowie, Jeff, uh, Jeff Cowan, they, they have a lot of years of coaching experience. And, you know, I watch coaches. I watch how teams play. I watch what they do, whether they do things honestly and do things right. Uh, and I, I'm not going to say that, you know, on air, that we have more talent than they do, but we have as much. And their talent uh, outworked us on that day. Um, you know, I think Maverick would like to have a few of those goals back in the uh, first period. I mean, we were down four to one quick. That's and Maverick Welk, by the way, made his debut uh, playing with the Moncton Wildcats and, and joined you on loan from the, from the queue. Yeah, and I mean, most people don't realize, but Maverick hadn't started a regular season game in six months. So uh, he, you know, he really settled in quick, though, and, and in the second and third period, he looked like a goaltender with great promise, which was, you know, good. I, if, I, if I get anything out of the game, it was the positive that I saw the way he adapted and changed his, uh, changed his approach. But for us, it was a, t it was a game that we just simply um, should have had, should have been able to, you know, probably win. Um, but the other team came more prepared, outworked us, had better habits, and uh, you know ended up on the winning end of the uh, score. So I think you have to have those games. Um, we've had all kinds of losses over the years, but that loss really stung on Sunday, and it's hard to put a finger on why. But sometimes you just know when you know that there was some uh, uh, work that was needed as a result of that game, and. I think that uh, you know you're going to see a different effort come out of these guys over the next uh, few games. Bit of a tough, you know, tough old weekend coming up. We got two top teams back to backs with West Kent, and then we have Evanston in here for the first time on Sunday, which is exciting because the Blizzard always seem to be a team that brings some excitement, but we also want to beat them too. Uh, you know, they're one of those teams, I guess, that just you know are. Polished, right. absolutely, and, and it certainly bring a high skill level as well. And they're always, always good. Have. and they're always good, and uh, you know, so that's uh, that's a, a bit exciting for sure. I mean, we've got a lot of good things coming up, and you know, I I I look at where we're at. We're in our fifth anniversary, and we have some exciting games ahead. We have some big uh, events planned. I guess our next, you know, this this Thursday night is a. Uh, is an important night uh, for the community because it's 
you know, uh, fill the Fords, uh, and that's all about people bringing, uh, you know, non-perishables and stuff to the game. We've got a couple half tons that our goal is to fill the, uh, fill the back of the half tons with food for those in need. Uh, part of the, uh, you know, uh, Fredericton uh, initiative uh, that Buffy Boss and uh, leads in terms of, uh, you know, community. So we get that, and then Sunday we have uh, really good day planned. I think our president of the league, our new president, Connor Cameron, is going to be in from the island. I uh, don't know how many games Connor's had a chance to, to, to see yet, but uh, he's going to see something here Sunday, and I hope we put a good show on for him. Uh, he's an exciting new young president of the league. Comes from a real hockey family, the Cameron family. <laughs> Just a little bit of hockey success in that family. Yeah, uh, David. Fought a couple of them along the way, too. Yeah, David. <laughs> I, I, I remember Dave better as, as a fastball player than a hockey player. But, uh, and then um, Charlie, of course, who's been a good friend of mine here in the city and worked with me at the police department for years. Charlie's a big part of our further com you know, community landscape now. Uh, no pun intended, but he does own the landscape. Did my company. walkway a couple of years ago. I was hoping you and I could have a serious product one hour together. <laughs> Brad and I have a tendency to go down these rabbit holes. Where yeah, that's we right. Oh, I've I, owned Brad long enough to know that there's there's rat holes, and sometimes you get down the rat holes and you find the snake at the bottom. There you go. There you go. We, we, we both think we got a little bit of comedian in us, and if the truth be known, neither one of us <laughs> no. are even remotely funny. We would never sell out a show. No, anywhere. no. So, Rogers, you covered a lot of ground. In, in your opening uh, yeah, you know, remarks, so you, covered, you, covered, you covered a lot of the notes that I had already, uh, so I want to just back you up just a little bit. Your fifth anniversary season, it hasn't been in any sense an easy five years for anybody, let alone trying to get an organization off the ground through a pandemic to the point where you are now. Um, so first off, kudos for that, and well, how challenging has you. that been? Um, well. Anybody that knows me knows that I, for whatever reason, I don't do anything easy. And I don't take on anything that's an easy go. Uh, I hope it doesn't lead to anything serious down the road. But uh, it's always been my nature to sort of take on these challenges that are not, one, financially rewarding, and two, uh, easy to accomplish. It's just, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain that. I guess one... Uh, uh, I think I said this to Brad one time, but my former business partner, Andy Maybe, who's my dearest friend in the world, and Andy uh, uh, now lives in Orlando, Florida, but he said to me one time, and, and he calls me, my nickname has always been Dog, we won't get into why that is, and uh, um, he says to me, he says, you know, you're one of the biggest failures I ever met. It's <laughs> <laughs> a compliment. Yeah, and that's a backhand compliment from Andy yeah. Maybe. I said, now why would you say that? He said, well, he said, you could have been so much more, but you always pick these crazy projects that have nothing in them financially. And you know what? I think he, uh, he, he made a good point, you know. But it gets uh, you up in the morning. That's the thing. And, and, and you know what? And thanks for saying that because for me in life, it's just about what you're passionate about, whatever gets you out of bed and what gets you going. And it doesn't always always have to be about the, you know, the financial reward at the end of the days. I mean, you don't become a police officer for the sake of getting rich, right? Uh, and so that was always a, something that I wanted to do, so I became a police officer. I started this hockey team because I always wanted to bring the Red Wings back to Frederick. 
and all my years of junior hockey, that was what I that drove me. And then when I was fortunate enough to be fired, uh, <laughs> and remember now, you're out in hockey, you're hired to, to be, be fired. fired. Exactly. Right. Long. I, I should note. Talking to Roger Shannon, the governor and president of Fredericton Red Wings, the Maritime Hockey League, and Roger had a long career in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So continue, Roger. Yeah, and I had a long career with Mr. Irving, too. Yes, you did. And that's an accomplishment in itself. And so uh, with that, uh, uh, and I still love Robert. I still I still talk to Robert. We have a great relationship. So there's, there's definitely no animosity there. Uh, I probably got more years out of that gig than most. And so I was quite happy with that. Um, but bringing the Red Wings here, that first year, it was just like, when, you know, uh, the momentum was building. We were like a hockey team that was really starting to find its, its groove and find its way. We were getting ready to go into our first playoff against the Summerside powerhouse that year. And we actually believed that we might even be able to win. We were challenging them, and uh, they were very, very good. Um, and then we all know what happened on March 17th, you know, the day the world shut down. And nothing has been the same since. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I had this conversation with people today. People don't even have funerals anymore. You know? Yep. People sure. don't even do visitations. Right. People work from home. Uh, Nothing's we, the same. We've, we've come to accept that they can put the prices through the roof and everybody says, yeah, but everything's going up. Yeah, that doesn't help me, you know? And the buses are going up this much and it costs us an extra $10,000 for buses this year. But you imagine if we put tickets up to dollars, you know, they'd be writing letters to the editor. So, well, of course, there is no coming, way. Coming to the podcast. Sorry, there is no way to go. Anymore. That's right. They'd be exactly. calling you, Brad, to get That's on the right. podcast. But, so... Five years, we're still here. Um, it's 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 literally getting better again. I'd like to think we're starting to get some of that momentum back, but the momentum we lost after the first year. I mean, obviously we've never recovered from that. Uh, you know, the, the the momentum side of it or the financial side of it. Uh, but I have a great group of uh, friends that I call shareholders, uh, business partners. Tools, uh, but we're all still just doing what we have to do to keep things going, and uh, it gets a little better uh, each day. We've got a great staff here. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, but and we're celebrating five years, and you know, throughout the winter, we'll probably bring some of this stuff up more. But some of the nights that we've had here in the past five years have been absolutely incredible. And Brad, you've got to sit and witness them, to watch them from up here in the press box. The best view, Absolutely. and uh, you know everything from our Indigenous night to hockey fights cancer to Danny Grant, to Buster Harvey to Star Wars. <laughs> Remember that one? That one. I, 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 uh, I've never seen the movie Star Wars, by the way. Neither have I. Perfect. So how how is pods. this possible that none of the three of us have seen Star this Wars? This is beautiful. Okay, we have to start some sort of a union. This, is, or this cannot be possible in this world, is it? That none of the three of us <laughs> That's great. have seen Star Wars? It's no, done. because it's just not, it's, it, it's again, it's what gets you out of bed in the morning. It's not something not that science I'm, I'm interested in. Right. And, but, I, but, I, but I hear it's good. It obviously was, and the night that we had the Star Wars night, I mean, the bird dressed up as Darth Vader. I mean, it was an incredible costume. And uh, um, 
the people had a blast. Um, Even opening night here this year, big crowd, energy in the building. Saw the game, lost in overtime, that's fine. I mean, the crowd went away happy. We wanted that extra point there. But there have been some good nights here. And, and one thing I wanted to ask, and I know your passion for the Red Wings and the history that's been involved in the city of Fredericton. Red Wings were synony synonymous junior hockey success uh, decades ago. And uh, would it have been easy to call them, I don't know, Fredericton Renegades or the Fredericton Knights or the Fredericton Bruins or whatever? But was it day one you were going to bring the Red Wings? It's a real simple answer. I was never good enough to play for them, so one way or the other, I was going to be a Red Wing. And, uh, and, and I say that with all sincerity. I was fortunate enough to play on the Junior B team. Uh, Garth Williams, Northside Pete Light, Fred Lewis, uh, you know, Ronnie Evans was our bus driver. Uh, we drove around in an old school bus. <laughs> you know, the kids complain today I, if the buses yeah. aren't perfect, and we drove in school buses. It's like, you got to be careful what I say here, but I mean, I just can't believe how times have changed so much that, uh, you know, how things are. But um, never a doubt. Wasn't even, uh, never even talked about a different name. Somehow the Canadians might have got thrown around, or the Caps might Well, have thank God it wasn't Canadians. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so what time is this podcast over? <laughs> <laughs> With you, Raj, 9.30, probably. Yeah. Uh, you know, my nephew is a goaltender from Montreal. I do know that. <laughs> I'm just passing that off there. So you're, 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 you're flanked by Bruins fans here. I'm not sick in water. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, like when I see all these posts on about when the Canadians get beat by all these Toronto Maple Leaf fans in town, I, I always want to comment, but I don't. How many of you have any contact with the Toronto Maple Leafs? Like, give me a break. Jake's hometown hero. I mean, how here. can you be so mean? But well, I, I don't know how anybody can cheer for the Maple Leafs in the first place. It's just perfect. It's just hard. Oh, switchboards lighting happen. up. Switchboards lighting up. <laughs> oh my land, look at the lights turn up. Uh, I think I, I uh, managed to offend three quarters of Fredericton by dissing <laughs> the Canadians yeah. and the Maple Leafs <laughs> all at one time. <laughs> yes, there go. There uh, goes our listeners. Yeah, what a good run. But I will tell you this. This. I was a Boston Bruin fan, and so I, I, I can uh, somehow appreciate that you guys are Boston Bruins fans. I, I'm okay with that, <laughs> is what I'm saying. But it was always going to be the Red Wings in your mind. Yes, because the thing that was important to me was that my best memories of being a youngster here in Fredericton in the early 70s, well, mid-70s, we'll say. Let's not date ourselves too <laughs> No, much. not too much. Uh, but I am looking at retiring, though. I did tell you that. You did, so that's right, exactly. Getting start closer. talking retirement. Yep. We're not spring chickens. Yep. But my best recollection was going to the rink, and it wasn't the Aikens in it. Like, people talk about the Aikens It was the LBA, right? And watching the Red Wings play there and thinking that, and I've said it before, you have to realize that in those days, it's just different than the internet. It's different than what we have today. Kids that are eight years old, the NHL may be everything to them. To me, the Frederick and Red Wings was, our, was my NHL. Wayne Hallahan, Keith Allaby, and Tony Grant, and you know, all of those guys back in the military. Saw Wayne downtown today and was thinking just as I passed by, what a, what a talent. Yeah, those guys, to me, I thought they were in the NHL. You know, I thought that was the NHL. That was my NHL. And 
then of course you know as the story goes when I thought about bringing this team back here um, I went and sat in Danny's kitchen and you know Danny Grant and I sat in the kitchen and talked about me being a kid and Danny doing all the stuff that he did for me because you know I've told you the, I've told you Brad the story of the time that he came down told my mother to clean me up because I was out in the yard playing road hockey with my friend Richard Brown and uh, said I'm taking Roger and Richard to a little uh, dinner tonight and when we walked into the Monsignor Boyd Center it was probably one of the very early FSI type dinners and Danny walks me into this room there's a guy sitting over at the table I only had one here in my life and uh, it was number four and it was just like I, I just could not believe I sat there and watched him and Danny have a couple of cold pops and uh, listened to the stories of the two of them talking for over an hour prior to the dinner. And Danny and I had a great reflection on that. We talked about the veterans. He said, you know, I said, I'll call my buddy Mark Howe and he said, I'll, I'll call Mickey Redmond and I'll do this and we'll do that. And we made all these calls for the veterans. We went about it the right way. We got official permission, legal permission to use the Red Wing name. From the Detroit Red Wings? Yeah, from the Detroit Red Wings. And as a matter of fact, there's people calling our office. I was just going to say, you're putting your social media. You, somebody thought you were the Detroit Red yeah, Wings. Yeah, they were calling yesterday wanting refunds. I said, that's our entire season ticket base if we refund two of you guys. Uh, so anyway, uh, um, and Danny, of course, you know, we did all that excitement. We kicked it off here on April 16th, uh, that uh, year, 2019. Here, here, right on this uh, concrete floor, we had a great kickoff day. Uh, had a huge crowd. I knew right then that things were going. This was exciting. All the extra, uh, I invited all the alumni, Keith, Wayne, Tony, they all came. You know, it was exciting. Danny was in Florida with Linda. They were down on a vacation for the beer. And then as the summer rolled along and we got ready to open the night, 21st of September uh, uh, 2019, playing Summerside, opening game, Danny's night, and then cancel. And the rest, you know, Danny passed away not too, too long after that. Um, but that, that, to me, was, that was a disappointment. Oh, a thousand percent. It was it's just a uh, disappointment to not have that. But then when we did have his night, six months, four or five, six months later, towards the end of the season, it was a great moment. So. I walk in this arena, uh, the back entrance every game when the Red Wings play, and you know, Buster Harvey and Danny's photos are there in, in front of the, the arena. And It is funny you say that because it's uh, growing up, this kid coming up to Danny Grant's hockey school, that's this arena. That yeah. wasn't yesterday, but well, they were de they were provincial uh, sporting idols slash gods back then to, yeah, they were. to attend. Jilly, Jilly Gilbert was there. Jilly Gilbert was there. Uh, just was lost Jill, too. He was dating Billy McDonald's sister, Patty. Uh, I don't know if you knew that. It's Mary Joe Mazika, good baseball player. Yeah. If you're in your baseball, Mary's the Royals. Joe played here, and uh, Patty was dating him at the time. Um, was uh, dating uh, uh, Jill Gilbert. Um, and a good looking guy came in, funniest looking photos I've ever seen, but uh, it, was, it was just incredible, you know, at that Nashville system, they had Danny and Buster and all those guys. Yeah, they tell the guys, and, uh, 
bit. Of course, there's different guys there. They had all kinds of uh, great things. And I remember like yesterday, of course. Um, but do the kids? You know, those are the good days, I guess. They would say. Is it still? It can be hard if you're uh, a junior hockey fan here in terms of trying to. Uh, attach themselves to the past because the Red Wings and the Maritime back then it was the New Brunswick Junior Hockey League. I mean, that's you know, decades have passed. Yeah, plus PEI and PEI too. Yeah. Um, do you find though that there is because I know there are a lot of kids here, which is what you want. It's a, it's building that fan base, but there's a lot going on, isn't there? Mom and Dad are playing, kids are playing. If there's two or three kids, they could be playing anything. It's hard to to say. Yeah, we're going to to uh, all 26 Red Wing games this year, bar none. Well, that's a good point. Um, so a lot of people say, well, you know, you have a junior hockey team in a city the size of Fredericton with a population base of, you know, 100 and some thousand people within a very short distance. You can take in Ormocto and, uh, you know, New Maryland, et cetera. And so, yeah, our greater Fredericton area has a very good population. You think, okay, well, you know, this is, uh, this is something that um, certainly is uh, going to be outstanding, easy, no, because, you know, what happens is, succinctly, you have on any given night seven hockey rinks operating at the exact same time. There's seven different places that people could be putting skates on. If you go to Grand Falls, there's one. If you go to Edmonton, there's one. If you go to Bactouche, there's one. If you go to Campton, there's one. And when you go to Fredericton, there's seven. And then you throw in the playhouse and the theaters and the eight million other things there is to do in Fredericton and really we're just part of a, a, a much bigger scene. Throw in, you know, on top of that, the, probably one of the best hockey programs certainly in this century and that is, is the UMBA men's hockey team. Ranked number one in the country, by the way. The first rankings came out today. UMB women number 10, by the way. So no surprise, you know, on what you just say there, Brad. But, you know, my 20 seasons with Gardner at UMB and stuff, it was our goal to be number one. It was our goal to be the best. It was all of those things. And then <laughs> I decided to go head-to-head -head with myself. Uh, but that being said, you know, that's a pretty big deal when you got a team of that caliber, that quality, and that culture as in, your, in the same market. So even though we try not to go head-to-head -head with, you know, UMB, um, we're still head-to-head -head in terms of, you know, attention and, and, and some of the things that we do. Now, we approach it slightly different, and, you know, one of the things that I think is important and people really don't think about often is, is that, College hockey is, uh, for all intents and purposes, it's funded by us, the taxpayers, because the university institutions are funded by the taxpayers. And so the, the pressure on them is not quite the same to you know, perform financially that it is on a corporation who's trying to keep, you know, run a hockey team. That's a good point. So every other Thursday when we have a payroll, we have to meet that payroll, uh, whereas, you know, I don't think anybody that's involved in, uh, you know, and I was fortunate enough to be a part of working for, you know, the uh, the government being the city and the federal government being the RCMP. Um, <clears throat> so I've worked for all four, all levels of government at one point. We always knew that our check was going to be there every second Thursday. Uh, and I think that's how all of us felt 
in government. Whereas business, small business is, is kind of different than that. It's obviously you worry about that stuff. And sometimes you worry about making sure there's enough in there to cover everything and cover payroll and cover this and cover that. Because it's not for the faint of heart. And you, you, you have sleepless nights about that stuff. So, again, right back to where we started. I certainly didn't pick anything that was going to be easy. And, um, but that's half the fun of it. I mean, half the fun of it is the challenge of trying to keep it all going, keep it all alive, make sure the pro shop's open, make sure you got good stuff in it, you know. And, and uh, that, we've got some unbelievably loyal uh, fans already. Uh, I look around and see some of the same faces here that we're doing, some of the season ticket holders. Uh, one thing we are is uh, a lot of fun for families. I still, even though he's as crazy as a bird at times, uh, I think we have the best mascot in sport. Wingnut, by the way. Yeah. And appropriately named. There was never any doubt about you? that. No, I picked the name, though, because I'll tell you what. <laughs> And that's, I remember sitting in a discussion group with people and talking about the name of the mascot and it was winger and right winger and all kinds of different names, red and so on and so on. And I said, oh no, the mascot's name's Wingnut. And I do have a tendency to get my own way sometimes. So they're like, Wingnut, wow. And I said, yeah, have you not heard that? I think it's a very New Brunswick phrase. I very familiar for me. I, I've, yeah. Downtown Marysville. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Downtown Marysville. But I, 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 I won't swear, but I swear, you go somewhere in other parts of our country, in other parts of the uh, United States, and you say he's a wingnut, they've never heard it. Well, I'll have to remember that one in case <laughs> I need it sometime. Like Alberta. Yeah. Now, I do have to ask this, and I, my memory's going to be tested. Were you inside the bird suit one day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you're paying bills, you're setting up buses, you're trading players, and you don the mascot suit. I mean, that is, hey, Gibby, that's doing everything. That, that's but doing I, everything. Well, listen, I told you the story. I didn't tell you the story about Wingnut as much, but I told you the story about 1985. I was the Labatt rep. And when the Blue Bombers came to town, and they played the Alouettes, and I looked after, In St. The, John, I looked after the mascots for close to 10 days. <laughs> And I became best friends. Kelly Ryback and I are still friends. Kelly is in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and we still talk to each other a lot. And he was the bomber's mascot. He was the, he, he was Buzz. He was the bird. Oh, I and so, so uh, <laughs> I don't know if the listeners are ready for this one, but oh, here we go. Let her yeah. lie. You've all heard of Market Square. Well, you've heard of Market Square and you've heard of Battle of the Vans. And it was all that was sponsored by the company I was working for at the time. And we were staying at the Hilton and everything was looked after. And we were young kids. I mean, we were in our early 20s. I was a cub reporter back then covering that game. Yeah. I was right on the sidelines. I had a great view. Uh, and so about midnight, the boys said, Rutch, you want to put the bird on? I said, yep. So we put, the, I put, I put Buzz on, and down we went to Market Square. Running around. It was the, the most fun I've had 
in my life. Well, you would have been mobbed with people. Like if you're talking midnight and on absolutely Saturday. Absolutely not a soul had any idea who I was. Of course, which makes it a lot more and, fun. Anonymity is the best. So, putting that outfit on and going out there and standing on the street and waving to cars, yeah, I just I think everybody should be a mascot at least once in their life because it's just nice to go somewhere where not everybody knows your name. The opposite of cheers. The, the closest I can relate to that is I've played Santa Claus a lot of times in my life, and that has a magic all on its own. Because the kids, even though you've met the kids before, they don't know who you are. They don't put it, put it together. So I can relate to that a little bit in that, and that's one of the most magical things that I've ever done is be Santa Claus for half an hour at a Christmas party. Roger, if you're having a Christmas promotion, I think we may have found your Santa Claus for 2023. Uh, we're going to have to arm wrestle because i got some news for you. I have a beautiful Santa Claus suit, and I do it every Christmas. Now, there, there you go. You know what the magic you means. You knew that is. was coming. You, you and, know the magic. And those kids, like my grandson, last year at Christmas, when Gaga comes in as Santa Claus, he did not know I was Santa Claus. And then it was it was very special because my daughter, I knew, and then so we gave out, we did Secret Santa, and we gave out all the Secret Santas, so we were all there, the whole family, and then I handed out um, a, a baby doll to my sister, or to my daughter, uh, and I had this all set up, she knew it was coming, and then that was the night that she announced she was pregnant with Harrison, our second grandchild, and so, um, and... They don't know who I am, but even the ones who do, like buying in. Or I, I say, little Kurt, little Curty. Well, even Kurt is embarrassed when I'm giving him a hug and giving him his secret Santa gift, and he knows that's me in the suit, but he can't help himself because that's just what people do. They act it is. They, they, people Santa react. Dogs. There's nothing as amazing as having a little kid that you've met before whisper in your ear saying. I've met lots of other Santas, but I know you're the real one. Wow. It's an absolutely amazing thing. Like, it's just, it fills you right up. It, it's unbelievable. It's one of the coolest things that I've ever, ever, ever had happen uh, at that level. So when we have guests on Late Scratches podcast, we always say, there's no script here. We don't know where we're going. I had no idea <laughs> that you were Buzz once, knew you were Wingnut once, and both of you Our played the role Claus, of Santa yeah. Claus. Yeah. So well, should- Dorothy... You could quite Dorothy. likely be an Oz. I used to have a Karen Terrier, so I could have played that role of Dorothy. That's right. Yeah, remarkable. Yeah. So we should probably come back and talk about the product on the ice. Sure. Apologize um, for the rabbit so hole. So pick up on several <laughs> rabbit holes that we've gone down here. Uh, one, I've been here for and you know filling in for Brad on several of the of the theme nights, and they, they are incredible. I was here for uh, the hockey fights cancer night last year dave morrell and everyone on the ice it was amazing okay. uh i was here for the home opener this year as well and and you know did a walk-up ticket purchase spent most of the night uh, you know talking to someone who's here all the time just wasn't sitting in my assigned seat but he had one empty beside him so so use that one uh it, it was you know a, a great night uh, i said it on the podcast at least once or twice when i look at your season ticket prices i have to do a double take because for what the value that you get out of what I saw as especially the early bird season ticket prices, I'm like, wow, like if you can go to those games now, because I'm involved in so many basketball games and other sporting events, season ticket to me, I would not be able to use it 95% of the time. It's rare I can actually get to a hockey game. Um, to me, the value here is incredible. The product is good. 
it's nice fast hockey it's younger kids it's not these aren't you know grown men they're becoming grown men so there's mistakes there you know it's 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 exciting hockey it's a beautiful building to me it's the nicest arena in the city um, so to get people out and, and see that and when I look at your roster this year all kinds of returning players and some familiar names for me as a, I'll say call myself a casual Red Wings fan or casual hockey fan again because I just can't get here as much as I would like to um, and you started filling the net this year mm. yeah, yeah the problem is both ends <laughs> yeah um, so tell us a bit about about I mean we talked a little bit early about the team and the, the, the last game but um, what should fans expect when they come in from the on the ice product and, and who are the players that they should get to know and and uh, you know want to uh, look up to as Red Wing players well I think I think you know and, and uh, maybe I'll, I'll go down the serious rabbit hole here for a second see if it's possible but, um, firstly it's our objective to change our goals games and you know when you look at it if I was a young kid starting in playing hockey, I'd be a defenseman. Because I won't say forwards are nine a dozen, but defensemen, they're hard to find. My dad tried to make me a defenseman because he said forwards are a dime a dozen. My dad did make me a defenseman. Yeah. He said I couldn't skate good enough to be a forward. So, <laughs> again, and that isn't, I'm not even me trying to be funny. Yeah, that's no, just that's a true. fact. Yeah. My dad was a smart, he's a smart man. Yeah. So, um, but, we need to cut back on those goals against. So we've made steps in that direction. I like our new goaltender. I think he's going to be just fine. Uh, I've liked him for a while. He played for us in May up in Montreal, so we kind of got to know him a little bit there. Uh, here's what, and, and, and as I was thinking about the podcast today, I was thinking about, you know, what are some of the kind of typical questions that, you know, James is going to ask me, and one of them is, you know, a little bit about the team. So. The reality of it is, RD is too young. Very young. It's wow. too it's too inexperienced at this point to be, you know, I'll call a legitimate contender uh, until we fix that portion of it. Unfortunately, that means that some of those young D might not necessarily be here after Christmas. Um, and in my meeting today, I said, you know, that's a harsh reality, boys, of, of the game of hockey. One year in Moncton, I made. 13 trades, traded 13 players off the roster at Christmas time to, in order to get better down the road. And the team, you know, the next year went all the way to semifinal. And that's just stuff you got to do. Well, if we're in a position where I've always felt that this is a year that we may, may legitimately say we may try and just go for it, then we have to start back there. And we have to start with some, you know, veteran defensemen. Now, we have two 20 year old defensemen in our sights that we expected would have been here. One of them Jared, just down the road? Well, Edward Carrier and, and, and Jared Cosman. Okay. Now, Jared Cosman just got injured on the weekend for six weeks. He's with Acadie Bathurst to yeah. the queue. Yeah, Bathurst brought in another 20, and uh, Jared's out for a month, month and a half at least. So that, you know, that may change the water on the beans a bit. But, uh, so we're... You know, we have four 18-year-old defensemen. That's not uh, But that's what's reflected in our games right now. If you look at our goals against are 5.42 and our goals for is 5.8. Sounds like an added competitive. 
And so you fix that 5.4, bring that back into the 3.5 range. Because it is a high-scoring league. Well, junior hockey's like that. It's really, really hard to have at the end of the year a save percentage over 900 in junior A hockey. And it's, I mean, it's difficult to do that in national hockey. It's really hard to do in junior. So when you look at our team, you realize we have to do some of that stuff. We have to work on fixing that. But in the city breath, you play the cards that you're dealt. Coaches have to deal with what's in front of them. We have to tighten up our defensive side of the puck. And, you know, no cliche, but you got to be, you know, we got to be way better in our defensive zone than we can. And so, you know, whether that's on the D, the goalie, or whether that's on the forwards not coming back and getting low enough to help, I mean, it's, it is what it is. We need help. We need our players to be more trustworthy and more responsible defensively. And that's what we will be working on, you know, moving forward on, on how to improve our team. It's an intriguing forward group you have when you have, like on Sunday, for instance, I know players will change, but uh, Matthew Pelche playing on the third line. Uh, I like your fourth line. I think Zach Bishop just does a little bit of everything. He's one of those character guys. But you're pretty deep up front. I think we're really deep. I think when, you know, if you look at Pel um, Bish, uh, Tyson Snow, and Landon Paul, for example, let's say that's your fourth line. That's a good fourth line. They do. They'll know. They know exactly how to be a fourth line. And then our top three lines. Well, I like our top three lines. I mean, do I like the way Slava is playing? No, not he's not Slava Melikov. He's not the Slava Melikov that we've come to know. Uh, I think there's a lot of stuff on his mind. I think there's a lot of stuff going through his head. Seeing him frustrated on Sunday, like slamming the stick, that's not something. He just no, usually goes no. to the bench and doesn't say boo. So there was something uh, that had him rattled for sure. We we deal so much now with the ever change. We talked a little earlier about you know changing society, you know five inflation and, and, and the little things we mentioned previously in the podcast about how the world has changed. Um, I don't think it goes unnoticed that Slava's family, who are unable to get back here, are in Russia, where there's a war. It doesn't go unnoticed to me. And I'm sure that Slava, I mean, if the three of us sitting here, our family was in the, was in Gaza right now, or Israel, we probably would be not feeling quite the same as we are yep. doing this podcast. Absolutely. And so that's on his mind. Then you have, you know, Nathan Casey just got back from British Columbia, and he's starting to find his own a little bit. And then Cam Thompson, of course, is our captain and stuff like that. He gives us an honest effort every night, but Cam's not putting the puck in the way he So if Cam starts putting the puck in the net, Slava starts to get it figured out and stuff like that. Our forward group is good. I like our forward group. Uh, I don't think it's Brown, Benwell, and Egan okay, uh, from a few years past, back. Yep. But that was the unit. The league could be a long time before they see a line Thanks, like that ever again. Uh, but that was a great, you know, a great line that we had back. Uh, you know, I think in our second year, maybe. Uh, that was a, you know, an interesting group. Just know that behind the scenes, you know, our head scout George McIntyre and Kyle and myself and Marlon Mullard, which is our new director of hockey operations, uh, and all of our scouting staff. 
are working hard to fill the holes that need to get filled to be able to put the team, the team on the ice that's going to be able to compete. It's a long season. Kyle and I talked today a lot. He made a great point, and he's right. If you look at Kyle's first two years of coaching this team, our teams under Kyle, from January to the end of the season, way stronger than they were at the start of the season. So that comes down to having a game plan, sticking to it, having patience, not losing your composure and starting trying to mix stuff up all the time and sticking with what you planned. Because if you look at the year, you know, that we beat that very talented Camelton team out in the first round, we probably had no business beating them out. That's a fun series. They, they should never probably lost, but we played better. And uh, then you look at last year in the second half, we were we we got ourselves in such a hole in the first half that it didn't matter what we did in the second half. But when you look at all the players that we traded away, and then you look at uh, our team in that second half, Mannix, Pelche, Slava, that was a good line. You know? Yeah, I, I remember doing a couple games here late in the year last year for Brad, and feels like there was a half dozen games or so left. You weren't in a playoff position, but you could still get there. And I remember talking about it, like, and this was after you had traded away a number of your players. We were, we were even right, right down to the last couple weeks, and, and, and I think you went on a little skid at the end of the year, but, um, you know, right down to the end, there was an opportunity for you to, to, to eke into the playoffs last year, and, and you were better. So, um, and I've every time I've been here, I've enjoyed the hockey. Uh, no question, enjoyed the atmosphere. Um, I mean, I just encourage folks to, to give it a shot. If you haven't been here to a Wings game, it's not an expensive ticket. It's a it's a quick night out. Two hours and 15 minutes, usually. Yeah. Plus, we need at least 10 more people here Thursday night because I just gave you $100 for the basketball. <laughs> That's game. right. So, there you go. <laughs> yep. We need to make up for that. <laughs> make sure you get yourselves to the Grand Harvey Center. 7 o'clock start against the West... Kent Steamers, some 8.3 kilometers from my cottage. First the beautiful time in town. Jakey, first time in town. Place. Nice rink. It is. Uh, and they're doing well for uh, it's not yeah. really an expansion team. It's a transfer, but still. Uh, no surprise, though. No surprise. I was, it's uh, interesting. I was convinced uh, a year ago when they applied and didn't get the franchise moved out of South Shore. I was always convinced that Dave Hinckley and his group would be, they would be better in Bakush. Than they were, you know, in, in, in uh, you know Bridgewater. Um, I think Bakhtouche was just—it's—it's it's been a lot of good players come out of there. It's a good market. It's got lots of, you know, uh, people who want something to do. It's a beautiful well, rink. The winters can get and it's a nice, long. a nice rink. It is. It's a nice rink to watch a hockey game. I mean, I've only seen my nephew Jake play one hockey game live. I went three times, you probably know, and I've told you this before. I drove one time, eight hours in a blinding snowstorm to watch him play, and Brian Elliott started. So then I go to Tampa. I got the best seats in the house, and Jordan Bennington started. Well, it just goes on and on and on. So finally, Jake says, listen, I got tickets to the game. You've never seen me play, but I'm giving you tickets to the game. I promise you I'm playing because it's in Bucktooth, New Brunswick, and it's Craft Hockey Films, an exhibition game <laughs> against the Ottawa Senders. So it's the only time I ever got to see him play was an exhibition game. In Bucktooth. Yeah. So I'd like to get to see him play a real NHL game someday, you know, in some rink. Uh, 
and hopefully, you know, I will. But uh, all joking aside, yeah, that's the one time I got to see him play. And he's another guy that we've talked about a few times on the, not Jake directly, but it gives a ton back to the community here in Fredericton um, through his golf tournament, through various other other things. Um, just should jot that name down, Brad, for some point in the future. Future, yes. Yeah, as a potential future chat with Jake, because... Well, I know him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure exactly. I know just set it up. Jake, in case you're listening, I think you just get on the podcast. Uh, it's not 32 thoughts with Elliot Freed. That's right. It is, I know we're getting James close. Yeah. Gibson. It's a million different <laughs> thoughts. It is, That's it right. Yeah. So, um, Roger, you've talked about, you know, your scouts out there looking... The question that I always have about this league is it sort of fits between the major junior and, you know, the junior B that's below it. How do you find that right player that slots in with you, that's here for you the whole season long, or is a player at this level the whole season long? It seems to me if they're too good, somebody's picking them up away from you, taking them in their queue, uh, and you've already talked about, you know, the players that don't cut it here, maybe they, they, they don't stay here all year. So how do you find that right player? That's a great question, and you know what? <clears throat> I'm going to give you uh, an answer to that because it's something that I've thought about a lot uh, because we don't have a choice but to think about it a lot. The, the deal is with Junior A Hawk in Canada, for all intents and purposes, is, is that if you're too good, someone's taking you away. If you're not good enough, then you're not, then the team's not good. So it's that mix of finding the right player, as you said, uh, that you think is going to be stay here, not be too good that someone doesn't steal them, but not be so bad that you can't win. So you have to you have to really find that. Now, in our league, you're allowed eight import players, you're allowed eight 20 year olds, um, you're allowed four 20 year olds. Now it's a new rule uh, that was just voted on that have never played in the league before. Okay. okay. Interesting. So in that case, a team could go out and recruit four kids from the Ontario Hockey League that are turning 20, bring them in, and all of a sudden be dynamic. So that leaves you a lot to the, and we're being very open here, to the haves and have-nots. The financial consideration yep. that goes into uh, having the funds to bring those players in and it, it's you know it's not cheap you, you just don't bring a player in because they want to come play in Fredericton they all have opportunities in other teams and if you stay within the guidelines of the Constitution there are certain things that you can do for a player that necessarily not all teams do and so in Fredericton we don't do anything extra for the players we like we try and recruit based on the city, the location, facility, the facility, and all that kind of stuff, and of course the universities and the fact that there's two places they can go to university, but in some places they can't go to any. In a lot of places, the league they can't go to any. Exactly, and so recruiting is, as you both know, an art form in itself. And obviously nobody does better, nobody is any better at that than, you know, Gardner at UNB. But Gardner has become an expert at it because of the stuff that he's learned along the way on how to recruit and what to, you know, uh, what to offer, what to say, etc., etc. 
but there's no tool in recruiting as good as a winning franchise. So when you're winning, that takes care of a lot of ailments, but more importantly, when you're winning, year after year, what you have the opportunity there is, is to offer potential to win championships to recruits. And, and let's face it, I think it's like, Garter could be going, UMB could be going after its 17th conference title in a row this year. Crazy number when you sit back oh, and watch. It's, it's like, unbelievable. Absurd. Like you'd think, you'd think that even something silly like injuries would knock them off the throne at least one time right. in 17 years because there's been times. But what happens there is because of that kind of a stat and that kind of a, you know, history and culture, makes your recruiting so much easier. So um, there's so much goes into finding the right player. You have to find a guy that you can say, probably not a major junior player, but he's definitely not a junior B player, so he's a tweener, which makes him, puts him right in the junior A ranks, and then, you know, you hope you're right. But more often than not, we're wrong. And I think that's what you have to realize is that if the stats are skewed the other way. If you look at our drafts, the one thing that we haven't done, I don't think, extremely well here is draft well. And I use the word well based on the number of players that have ended up playing here and helping us. We've drafted okay, but we draft well. But Landon Paul is our first pick this year. Good pick, bad pick. Probably bad pick, not sure. Wasn't necessarily the guy we were gonna take. The guy we were gonna take goes earlier and then we, he's second on our list, so we end up with our first pick, but our second choice. Reason being is, not because he's not a good player, but because he's such a good player, he's probably gonna play Major Junior, okay? Yeah, he's showing flashes early. Yeah, so he probably ends sure. up in Major Junior. Ben Cross, we draft Ben Cross, you know? Good player, tweener, not sure. Has a good season in Midget last year, Instead of playing here in Fredericton this year with us and scoring for us, he's playing in Ramuski. So now he's up in Major Junior. You know, we, we wish him well, but he's still a tweener right now in Major Junior and Junior A. He hasn't solidified himself in Major Junior yet. So, you know, there's a, there's a probability that a guy like Ben Cross could end up back here, you know, but in one breath, well, if that happened, we wouldn't we wouldn't be heartbroken, but he would be it's because tough, tough he, coming down. He wants to play major junior. Which, listen, I spent my 20 seasons in major junior. I wasn't thinking about the junior A league, but one of the things I tried to do was always be really friendly and respectable and deal well with the junior A league, not knowing that that's where I would end up someday, but just knowing that I needed that junior A league to be my feeder system for when I needed help. And, you know, like, Zach McEwen's a perfect example. At Christmas time of his 18-year-old uh, year, we sent him back to Amherst knowing they weren't gonna win. Josh Hefflitz was coaching, coaching Amherst at the time. And to Zach's credit, he wanted to go back because he wanted to be better and get lots of ice time. And he knew as a 13th, 14th forward with us that he wasn't probably gonna get it. He comes back at 19 and he's a first line player before you know it and he's in the National Hockey League. 
So, um, you know, it's 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 a gamble. The scouts know exactly what they're looking at. They know exactly what the risks are. And every time they look at a player, they have that exact conversation. And then you gamble. Joined by Roger Shannon, the president and governor of the Fredericton Red Wings of the Maritime Hockey League here on Late Scratches. And time flies when you're talking to Roger, that's for sure. You do a lot of listening. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we have on that, we are coming up on the hour. Yes. We, which we are, is, we are just and it always that. flies. Like it's, it it uh, does always fly. Gibby and I always have this debate, Roger. Should we go an hour and a half? Should we go two hours? But uh, it, it's, I, th I found that question you asked Gibby fascinating. I think that is an interesting point, that tweener, that player that wants to play uh, junior A hockey, and, and that's what you're building this program on. So, uh, fantastic answer and some insight into wow. uh, you know every draft year. I'm picking. It's great to have a first rounder, isn't it? But you may never see that player. Nobody. I mean, I don't think anybody goes through life wanting to be second fiddle to anybody. Right. Uh, but you know what? In hockey, there's only one level of hockey where you're not second fiddle, and it's the National Hockey League. Anybody other than the National Hockey League has a second fiddle. And when I was in Major Junior, I'll never forget, my coach at the time was Ed Harding. He calls me into the office in Lewiston. I think the year was like 2008. Yeah, 15 years ago. And he um, says, you know, I got some terrible news today for our team. And I said, what's that? Oh, excited. He says, St. Louis are keeping David Perron. You can push us over with a feather, you know. They're, they kept them at 19. So the feeling that we had that day in the office is the exact same feeling that I have when I find out that Ben Cross is staying in Ramuski. It's, no, it's the same thing. Um, and the National Hockey League keeps David Perron at 19 years old. Well, you don't expect that. And you know that, guess what? You don't go out and make a trade at Christmas time to replace David Perron. Not a bad talent. Yeah, but I mean, look at what it does to your junior hockey team. And Guelph would be going through that with Matthew Putzrow making the ruins uh, at this point. A lot of know. that happens, at, and it, more and more with the salary cap and all of the, uh, you yes. know, the, uh, uh, you know, the calculators that are out. Well, teams are playing under the limit because they have to meet the cap, which is crazy at the highest level, as you just talked about. Yeah. So. so it's an odd, it's an odd thing. But even us, you know. We've got people that, at the midget level, hey, Sam McFarland, perfect example. I mean, I was, I'm his biggest proponent, uh, and last year we kept them. The midgets were up, the midget team was upset. They're upset that we kept Sam McFarland at the higher level. But yet, I'm pretty sure that, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they didn't care that we lost players to Major Junior, you know? You're always going to be second fiddle to somebody. So when you sign a papers to be in Junior A, you expect them to be that Major Junior at one point is going to be your kind of your arch enemy. And, and Junior A is going to keep midget players. And guess what? Midget players are going to keep players that the high school teams are counting on. Oh, yeah. And there's roadblocks everywhere. There is. Life's about adversity and roadblocks. That, uh... I think we sort of brought back our whole conversation full circle there about, uh, I know where you started, Roger, talking about, you know, what you aspire to as the highest level of hockey, and it's much different now, now for kids. So I, I think that sort of brings this part of the, the conversation around pretty good. So 
Uh, what I've proposed, Brad, if you're okay with it, we'll, we'll play an ad here and come back with some of our other wrap-up things. Uh, we've some rapid-fire questions and from rapid Mr. Shannon fire questions. Well. So, so let's get an ad in here first, and then, pay we'll, the bills, and then we'll be right back. Late Scratches is the podcast that sports fans are talking about in the greater Fredericton area. Stories, features, and special guests are filling the gap for what's happening in your favorite sport around the region. If you want to advertise in this meeting, now's your chance. You can sponsor a show or have a 15-second commercial on Late Scratches. We're stopped for Fredericton and area sports stories. Email latescratches at outlook.com for details. Yeah, so two happenings in local sports, Brad, to talk about before we get on to uh, uh, to some of our favorite segments. Uh, new champion in the Brunswick Senior Baseball League, uh, Charlottetown Islanders in six games over Fredericton, the one in Marysville. And I'm told that last game I didn't make it up to the ball hill last Tuesday night because we were we were at St. Thomas uh, recording. Uh, wasn't exactly the most thrilling ball game. Wasn't really super well played, uh, but major tip of the cap to Kirk Cornell and Derek Wilson for resurrecting the Royals and in two years having them in two finals. Yeah, I think senior baseball is back in Fredericton. It's a, it's a new wave, a new group, and, uh, and that is good because Fredericton is an institution uh, at the senior baseball level. Uh, the UNB basketball teams, we talked about Stu, they had great showings in both of their tourneys. I think the men were 2-1 and one and the women 3-0. and 3-0 oh. oh down in Halifax. Uh, and the only other happening of note that I have here, Stu Rugby, 91 to 10. Please. How does Please. that happen? How do you get a score in 91 to well, 10? There was a 113 to nothing score in that circuit as well. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, you have to look. You want to be participating, I get that. But uh, if that's a consistent score, that's not doing either team or the fans uh, any favors, that's yeah, for sure. I know rugby is a collegial sport and uh, I've heard stories about teams lending players to other players or other teams even in competitive matches but when I look at that I, I'd i have to be a big rugby fan and I don't understand rugby enough. That's one of the, one of the things we're going to do here. Someday we're going to have somebody on that explains rugby to me. When you report sports in St. John, if you don't cover the St. John Trojans rugby and the Fredericton Loyalists, you're not a sports writer, so, right. so I, I'm sure I know you, all about those battles. Yeah, I'm sure you have a, a better understanding yeah. of rugby. That that was one that just jumped off the page to me. Anything else in, in, on your notes that we haven't got to yeah, here? Tough loss for UNB in the, uh, in the collegiate uh, baseball final, Acadia scoring four in the seventh, I believe it was, to, to wipe out a one nothing deficit, ended up winning 4-2 to win the championship. UNB uh, perennial power in that circle. For sure. Um, yeah, Stu women's hockey uh, going to Nova Scotia, winning on the road. I think that was a big dub for the for Peter Murphy's Tommy's program. Um, they're home twice this week. They play twice this week, and uh, Roger, your Red Wings play twice. Um, Fredericton High and uh, Leo Hayes will hit the ice October 20th. At the LBR, 7:45. So the Lions and the Black Cats renew that rivalry. And then Fredericton High will host uh, Matthew Maltin and Odyssey out of Moncton on the 27th, 28th, and then they head to the Great Miramichi for the Miramichi Valley Fall Classic. That, that is always one. That's a that is a classic. Long, That's uh, November 3rd to 5th, and then the uh, uh, the Western Conference uh, season four, both Leo Hayes and FHS, starts uh, November 10th. So high school hockey is not too far around. Yeah, so other things going on this week, Stu, soccer at Crandall on the 18th versus Crandall on the 21st. Um, women's hockey versus Dow Friday versus X Saturday right here at the Grand Harvey. And um, I'll be here for one of them, you'll be here for the other. Uh, women's volleyball at University City Main Fort Kent. I think tonight they've actually got the, the Reds in an exhibition match of sorts. Uh, women's rugby again at UNB for St. Thomas. On the UNB side, women's volleyball 
at Stu on the 17th, at St. Mary's on Friday, at Dallas Saturday, at Acadia Sunday. That's a busy week if you're a, a women's volleyballer at uh, UNB. Men's volleyball is at Montreal. Women's basketball is at McGill. That should be their final preseason wrap-up tournament there. Women's hockey at Mount A and then versus SMU on Saturday. Uh, men's hockey at Acadia Friday at SMU Saturday is what I have written down. Women's and men's soccer versus CBU Friday uh, versus St. Evex Saturday. I don't know Crazy how UMB Athletics here. does it. And then swimming, uh, men's and women's swimming at Acadia for a meet on the weekend as well. Uh, and you've talked about the, the Red Wings uh, Thursday here at the Grand Harvey, 7 o'clock, Roger. Uh, 7 o'clock uh, versus West Kent. And back home Sunday versus Edmondston, sandwiching in a trip to West Kent on Friday in between those. Right, and uh, Holland College beat UNB in football, 22-18. The Reds are back home Sunday against Al. That's good football. That's fun, uh, fun afternoon. Roger, you talked about things to do. Like, it's crazy how much stuff is going on. And the AUS Cross Country Championships are in Point Pleasant Park. I hope the dogs aren't off the leash in that fantastic park uh, in Halifax. It's one of my favorite places to go it's, and take the boys. It's unbelievable when you start writing down. Like, it takes me longer to prepare that section where we say what's, what we think is coming up in local sports. I don't get everything, you don't get everything. Hopefully between the two of us, we get most of it. And I know you've started reaching out to some folks. So folks, if you are out there and you do want us to mention some events you've got upcoming, yes, I mean, we, we've talked about uh, a whole bunch of things, including the, uh, the uh, power sport or competition in Pennyac, whatever, whatever that's called that we had on last week. Um, talked about all kinds of stuff um, you know, around, uh, around events. So reach out to us uh, at the email, latescratches at outlook.com. Um, I think that's the what's on tap yeah, uh, portion, on. and uh, you know certainly uh, uh, pleased to, to see lots going on. But uh, the Red Wings certainly among those top choices, in my view, if you want to come out to a hockey game, uh, you know take in some of that. There's lots of hockey choices just in that, and, and we talked already about the crowded market and seven or eight ice sheets here around just in Fredericton uh, that you could go to. But uh, this is a product that to me that's I'll say second to none in terms of the value you get you get out of it. Um, Anything else there, Brad? Yeah, I'd like to. We're joined by Roger Shannon, the president and governor of the Fredericton Red Wings, and it is interesting. We talked off the top about, uh, lack of a better term, a sluggish effort at home on uh, Sunday and a 6-4 loss to Grand Falls, and now you had your meetings today, and it's uh, bounce-back time against uh, West Kent on Thursday, and then Sunday the Blizzard from Edmondston come to town, so two quality contests. Well, we get to see just what kind of pushback they got. That's, it's huh? That's what I thought was missing. I, and I think I said that to Gibby after yeah, the first period down 4-1 at home. There was no, even though they closed it within 4-3, I just never felt like that pushback was there. I was waiting for something to happen and it I didn't. won't use on the air the colorful language <laughs> that you used. <laughs> but don't you, don't you really think, though, that, and this is what I said to the boys, the sad part is, is that about that particular game was that they came out in that first period and they were just flying. And it was... We had 20 shots. Yeah, oh yeah. And so good first, real good pushback in the second. They played really well, make it 4-3. So all of a sudden we've won on the ice, not in the scoreboard, but we've won two periods in a row. You know, for puck possession, shots on goal, everything. So you're thinking, Vegas odds are, boys, and this is what I said to them in the meeting, Vegas odds are, boys, we're winning the game. You're coming out in the third with even more pushback, and you're going to pull it out. They laid an egg in the third. So the reality is, after all that, your worst period's the third. That's something that's not the change. So enough, enough of that, yep. I guess. So I'm going to uh, forward I, I'm home. Gonna, 
mentally move on from yes, that. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, to get but, to the present, you have to go through the past or something oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, Columbus yeah. or something. Yeah. It's a long season, yeah. too. Roger, one of the, uh, and we just kind of stumbled upon this one day because Gibby and I talk way too much. Um, it's called rapid fire, so there's no preparation, so you don't have oh, a whole great. lot of time. I've always to wanted to do that. Oh, I watch these on game shows. And I've All right. Never been rapid fire. This fired is a game out. show, isn't yeah. it? I, so. I wasn't interested in being rapid fire. <laughs> All right. So, 10 years of covering the American Hockey League for me and the St. John Flames. Had a conversation, I'll never forget it. The one player that surprised me the most, I said Todd Simpson would never play a game in the National Hockey League. So Simmer goes on to play, I don't know, 600 games with seven teams. He's a captain uh, for one of those teams. Who's the one player that during your career that you said, no, is not going to play in the National Hockey League and completely surprised Easy you and showed one. up? No Who is it? Freddie Godreau. Freddie Godreau, interesting. Came to, our te- uh, came to Schwinnigan in our Memorial Cup year, 18 years old, walk-on, uh, non-drafted, made our team as our 14th player, uh, character kid, didn't play a lot all winter. Stuck around, hung around, hung around. You got to look at the. That's an incredible story. Freddie Godreau. Love walk-ons. Yeah, me too. Good national hockey league player. Absolutely. That's that's an interesting answer. Um, favorite board game. Oh, I mean, it would have to be because I'm not much of a board game person. The only one I know how to play checkers. Not a chess guy. I uh, don't know how to play. It. No. Monopoly? Uh, know how to play it, but get quite Always bored. ends up in a fight, does yeah. Monopoly. Yeah. Mon- Monopoly is always too long. <laughs> it's it's, it's fun for like the first four or five times around. <laughs> After that, Monopoly is not fun. Get bored quickly. Yes. B-O-R-E-D is opposed to B-O-A-R-E-D. Would you rather run two kilometers or walk ten kilometers? Uh, I would rather walk ten kilometers. With you day. on that. But I was, in fairness, I used to be a decent runner and spend a fair amount of time and no problem to run 10 kilometers back when I was at the police department. I don't think I could do it today, though. I couldn't run to catch a bus. Favorite hockey arena of all that you've been in, and I know you've been in a lot. Wow, that's a great one. I'd have to say, you know, I'd have to be the Montreal Forum. The old Montreal. Montreal Forum. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the ghosts and everything. It was just... Different place. Yeah, yeah. First time I went there, Patrick Law was in that. Uh, just felt like it. I mean, I was a Montreal Canadian fan, sorry. But, uh, that's okay. Growing up my whole life and just... I've been to... I don't know how many NHL games. There is nothing like the ambiance outside the Forum, like from, I don't know, 3 o'clock on for that... <laughs> Especially if they win the Stanley Cup oh. and start turning cars over. Oh, yeah. Or, or Maurice Richard's not Yeah, the Richard right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, passionate and knowledgeable, right, in Montreal, and that's uh, that's something that has never changed. Uh, we talked about uh, your scouts and everything, uh, trying to predict the future of the Red Wings. What would a scout have said about Roger Shannon uh, in your scouting report when you were growing up as a, as a youth and a junior hockey player? Can't believe, how long did it take you to think of that question? Uh, that's a dirty question. That's the nasty, like, why would you? Ask, why would you not ask me something about what would a scout say about me as a ball player or something like that? Instead, you had to pick hockey. Um, scout would say slow feet. Um, play. <laughs> the crazy part is Kevin Potter and I talked about it today. Slow feet. Plays his position. Listens well. 
does what he's asked to do, struggles to get it done because of his slow feet. Perfect. You know, Roger, if you have to come out on the ice anytime when Brad's up here announcing, it's going to be the slow-footed Roger yeah. coming, coming to center ice. And you know that's going to, that's going to make it in, into the play-by-play somewhere here this year. I'll never forget the great Danny Gallivan, and if you didn't like Danny Gallivan, you weren't a fan. There's a guy that played for the Minnesota North Stars named Glenn Sharpley, who was a big guy, maybe 6'6", not the greatest skater. And he came out, lugged the puck out of his own end, and Danny Gallivan said, here comes Sharpley navigating center ice with a fair amount of grace. <laughs> he certainly didn't say he was speeding through the neutral zone. Was Glenn Sharpley not on the same team as Danny Grant? I th- yeah, I think you could probably connect the dots there. Because right. going through old video, putting videos together of right. Danny's video. Glenn Sharpley? Is, you've seen enough. Right. Glenn Sharpley was, being, was on that. Beautiful. Team. Great way to end it. Great way to end it. Um, you want to do the wrap-up? Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm pleased to be joined by Roger Shannon again. Uh, Maritime Hockey League, five years celebrating the Red Wings, the rebirth of the Red Wings, the rebirth of a tradition, the signs will tell you, at the Grand Harvey Centre. And uh, we haven't spent a lot of time on the podcast talking about hockey. I think anybody that knows Roger and I and, and Gibby as well, hockey is a passion. Um, and, and it's great to have you here. It's great to have you come up into the press row and, and just kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. I think we had a blast. Well, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I yeah, me, me too. I mean, I think we, we do want to talk more hockey. I think we have to talk more hockey. But I think you wrapped it up there there well. And, uh, you know, it's a long season. And maybe we'll be back here talking wins again before. Uh, playoff run. Playoff yeah, run. Yeah, absolutely. If there's a playoff run, we are here. Well, boys, thank you. Last time I did a podcast was with Jeff Merritt. So, all right. We're in good company. Jeff, Giddy, and Jamesy. <laughs> I'll let him know. <laughs> all right. Thanks, folks. Uh, look for the next episode probably sometime next week. Regional Service Commission 11 is now known as the Capital Region Service Commission. For all your building or subdivision permits, regional transportation, social mandates, and economic development questions, visit capitalrsc.ca. That's C-A-P-I-T-A-L-R-S-C.ca. Email info at crsc.ca. Call 506 453 2956 or visit our office at 860 Prospect Street in Fredericton.